In today's episode, we talk about how to get to the bottom of what your nonprofit's challenge really might be. Grab your magnifying glass to practice how you might sleuth out what's at the core of keeping you from meeting your mission. Welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. Remember to visit www.nonprofitradioshow.com for tips on how you can bring these conversations back into your organization. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks. As you know, we regularly get asked nonprofit questions. Often they're in the form of, this is happening in our nonprofit. Is this normal? (laughs) Sarah, is that how questions start with you? For sure. Or sometimes it's a very heavy sigh, followed by, I can't figure out what to do about X, Y, or Z. Yeah, I love the moment in a training I might be delivering and I say something and I just see the head shaking no, like the the slow no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Well, you know that mystery show, Murder, She Wrote, with the wonderful Angela Lansbury? Oh my God, I love Angela Lansbury. Yep. What if we played nonprofit, She Wrote, and we do some nonprofit sleuthing? Hmm. Wouldn't that be fun? Yes. Let's do it. Do we have to ride bicycles across the tundra of Maine? No, 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 no. So this is this is what we do when someone asks us a question or somehow seems stuck. We take the clues given to us and ask a series of questions to try to get to the bottom of what's going on. Often what the person sees is just the symptom of something much different. So let's take some issues shared with us and let's sleuth them out. It sounds like fun. Okay, we'll start with a really popular one uh, that I have been hearing a lot. I suspect maybe you have too, Nancy. We can't find anyone willing to serve on our board. That's a great, I hear that a lot too. So that's a great place to start. So here are some questions that I would ask. First, how do you currently recruit board members? I'd be really curious to know, because I've heard some nonprofits are like, you know, everybody bring the name of one friend to our next board meeting. Right. And that's how they recruit board members. So the first thing I want to know is how are you currently recruiting board members? I want to start with what are you asking board members to do? Like, do you have a job description and can I see it? That's important. I would want to know how do they cast their net widely across their community? How do they look across their entire community? So not just do they, but what is their method? What is their system for looking across their full body of work? Great, because that'll help you know if they actually are putting the intention out into the community that they really are seeking a representation of, of the community on their board and in their mission. I add to that that I'd like to know how current board members feel about serving on the board. Are they overworked, underworked, overutilized, underutilized? Is it fun? Does it feel meaningful? Because like so many things, if you if the team is working well, it will attract others, right? If it's kind of known that oh, that board's a ton of work and you'll never have a free Saturday again, it'll be hard to attract people. Yeah, I think all these questions are getting at, you know, what is your system and practice now? 
And how do you really view your mission in that larger context, right? I know in our board training that that we run on the Nonprofit Learning Center, actually, there's this purpose mapping exercise that when we do it, it really turns the light bulb on for folks that all of a sudden they're seeing their mission in this larger community. Mm -hmm. And that right away, like, oh, my gosh, I all of a sudden see all these people I never thought of before. Well, and one last question piece that I think is ties right into that, Nancy, is are you the only one worried about that in your organization or is the whole board having that conversation? Because all those aha moments you were just talking about happen when the whole board is grappling with that conversation together at the same time. And they realize, oh my gosh, we don't have full representation of the community or, oh my gosh, we aren't having as much fun or doing as much meaningful work as we should. How do we get our house in order before we open to others? Oh, that brings up the question for me. Do you have a board development committee or whatever you call it? Like, I don't care what you call it, but do you have a group of board members who are looking after the health of the board. Yes. Excellent. Okay, let's go to our next sleuth question. I'm sure you've heard this one. The board won't raise money. Yeah, so anytime, I mean, anytime a detective, a nonprofit detective hears some other party won't do something, the questions begin with a reflection on the person asking, what are you doing to set them up for success? So I think it starts with a why. Why do you think they're not helping raise money? And what is it you could do to make that job easier for them? That's where I'd start. I would ask, did they know they were expected to raise money or contribute in any way to the financial health of the organization before you recruited them? I know that sometimes we keep that a secret because we're scared to talk about money. So we don't want to like, oh, the job actually isn't that hard. And then when they get in the role, we're disappointed they're not doing what we didn't even tell them we expected them to do. I think it's also really important to ask, do you know what you actually want them to do? So often my feeling when people ask that question is they would just like a board member to come to the next meeting with a stack of checks. You know, I did it. But that's not how it typically works. And you really need to think about what is it What is it I actually want Nancy as a board member to do for my organization? Do I want her making the full pitch? Do I want her opening a door so that then my program people can come in and talk about what they do? Do I just want her to keep someone informed? Do I want my board member to be a thanker? What is it I'm really asking them to do? Because to just say, Nancy, I expect you to bring in money, it's pretty nebulous and broad. Whereas if I say, Nancy, I need you each month to bring me two new people that you formed up to the organization that I could follow up with with a phone call. Mm-hmm. Or Nancy, I need you to thank these four people in the next two weeks for their recent donation. Then mm-hmm. Nancy can do something. But I have to be clear on what it is I actually want you to do. Because just saying I want you to bring $10,000 to the next meeting isn't specific enough. Another way to think about that, so another question we could ask is, how do you define fundraising? Mm. Because a lot of times, you know, historically, it was, you know, I need a bunch of rich people on my board because fundraising is writing a check. And that's not fundraising. Fundraising is about doing your work within your community. I mean, fundraising, as you diversify your board, you're going to very much experience that this is no longer a situation where a bunch of rich people write checks. I mean, fundraising is building community. Fundraising is building partnerships and supporting your mission and maybe doing work that leads to a government contract or 
something that a funder catches the eye of a of a philanthropic partner. Fundraising isn't just writing a check. So how do you define fundraising? Super important question and a great place to start that sleuthing to get at the heart of the issue for sure. You know, always when people aren't doing something that you're expecting them to, it's because they can't. They either don't have the skills or the knowledge to do it or they aren't motivated to do it. You haven't made it feel good. Um, so getting to the bottom of of those two issues, I think, is really important to keep it moving. Here's another one I uh, recently heard. Our organization is falling apart. Mm, you know, this is so relevant as we come out of COVID, right? That I think kind of there's been a reshuffling and some folks are coming out strong and some are are very much like we don't really have our our center of gravity anymore. And so there's there's this feeling of falling apart. So, okay, how would I sleuth this out? I think the first question I would really have to ask is, what do you mean by falling apart? I mean, is this something that just the executive director is feeling that things are different than they used to be, therefore they're falling apart? Or what does falling apart mean? Right. I think this one requires sitting down with a cup of coffee or tea (laughs) and taking a deep breath and acknowledging that if someone's asking that question, it means something doesn't feel right. And that's very unsettling, right? So, you know, the first part of sleuthing this one out, I think, is just providing a moment of, of calm and a safe place. One of the things that a sleuth sometimes gets to do is be that trusted confidant, right? Mm-hmm. The characters in the mystery novel always reveal something to the detective because it's it's an okay place to say something. So yeah, I think sitting down and being like, help me understand exactly what you mean by falling apart is a really good place. And then of course, my second question would be, and, and who else is feeling this? Um, because if it's a known entity, it's a different set of steps than if it's, I'm the early... Um, warning sign here. I'm sensing we're headed toward a bad place. Yeah, I'd be particularly curious. How do the recipients of your services feel? Like, are whoever that might be, whether it's school children or a health and human service program or elderly or whoever you serve, are they feeling that you're falling apart, or is this a behind the scenes structural system problem? Exactly. Right. right. Is it a financial problem? Is it a leadership? problem? Is it a programmatic problem? Those all have really different um, suggestions for improvement. Um, and it's really important to know which one you've got when you when you feel like it's falling apart. I think my next question would be, who cares about the work of your organization? You know, do you have a community? Because ultimately, if there are people who care about your mission, you have a community they are the folks to call together to say, hey, how do we want to move towards our, our mission, right? And if right. if you don't have that, then then we've got a whole different conversation to have, right? Exactly. And I, I think most nonprofits do have people who care, you know, along with them. It's, again, sort of pausing to realize I can name four or five people um, who care deeply about this, who could just help be a sounding board for us as an organization. Sometimes it's important to have that outside perspective as someone who's not been on the board or on the staff, you know, isn't the weekly volunteer who cares deeply, who can just come in and say, wow, I see, I see that you're having a problem with your program delivery, or there's an external crisis that's affecting what you're able to do as an organization. 
you know, here are two or three things I'm seeing that could help. It can be a wonderful opportunity to actually grow your community when you are able to reach out and ask for help in an authentic way. Absolutely. Nonprofits are both small businesses and communities. So you're both at the same time. Uh, When you feel that you're falling apart or when, when any group feels or any nonprofit feels to be falling apart, there's something wrong with one of these functions and you can sleuth out ways to make it better. Mm-hmm. Here's our last one. And I know this is one that you've heard a lot. Our nonprofit needs to raise a lot more money. And Bill Gates isn't writing any checks to us. Yes, he's a very generous person, but he is not supporting every nonprofit um, in the country, which is fair, fair enough. So there are two things going on in that question that as a sleuth, I want to unpack. First is Uh, and most importantly, probably, is the why is it you need to raise a lot of money so we can get to those core messages that will resonate with people who share your values? And second is around, you know, why are you assuming one person should solve this problem for you? And isn't it an awesome opportunity to think of how you, again, expand your community. So it doesn't matter, you know, one person with a lot of wealth and capacity isn't necessarily what creates generosity for your mission. It's a whole lot of people who share your values. So it's kind of like we have two issues to separate in that one question. I would start on the why do you need to raise a lot more money with just the series of why questions that I learned in a training from Nancy Bacon (laughs) that uh, is always very difficult, painful to watch. It's sort of like writing an essay, a timed essay in in high school English. Everyone's like, no, I don't know how to do it, but you eventually do it and it makes a ton of sense. So why does your organization need to raise money, Nancy? And you might say, because we need a new facility for um, the animals at the Humane Society. Why do you need a new facility for the animals? Uh, And Mm -hmm. you keep asking that why until you get to this core moment, usually a statement that starts with, because we believe, you know, every animal deserves a, a good life, right? Or Mm-hmm. I, I can't do it that fast, but something something core like that, um, right. and then that becomes the 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 message at the heart of of your fundraising. Another variation on this why question would be: Does your organization need to raise a lot of money? Mm-hmm. And implied in this is that it might be a different organization, or it might be a collection of organizations. So for example, I remember being in one training and this executive director proudly said to me, we're going to double our budget next year. Our programs were successful this year. It was a police activities league. And, and she's, you know, we want to do twice as many programs. We want to build a building. We're going to double our budget next year. And my first question is, do you need to double your budget next year? I know you're running all these after-school programs and whatever, but your nonprofit doesn't have to do all this work. You could work in partnership with others. Great. And I know we we recorded a wonderful episode about the, the Give Metal movement around how do you raise philanthropy for your whole community? Right. So that's the, I would really want to dig into why you, right. why not your community or some somebody else? That's super. That's a whole nother good train of thought there. And then, of course, where you end up is is back to that question of should it all you know fall on whoever it is in your community, who everyone turns to for philanthropic help, or can you actually, once you can 
paint a picture of what the need actually is and how your organization fits into the puzzle of meeting that need, then who you should be talking to about that becomes way more clear. It becomes very obvious who within your community are people who are going to share those values and want to resonate. And then you're off to creating a real fundraising plan that'll work for you. I mean, there's certainly options. I can think of many organizations that do have a significant increase in funding need because they need to build that new building or they need to do something significant. So I I think there is it really is valid to dig into the who are the people who support your work? Yep. Who cares that you succeed, right? Absolutely. Kind of back to the same who's your community, you know, if the question where we're falling apart, um who would want to come to the table and help you think that through? All right. What's the word of the week, Nancy? Yes. Our word of the week, I think, has to be sleuth. I mean, right out of the gate, what a great word. How many words have a U that follows an E? I I, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we could sit here with empty space for a while. But in any case, what I love about sleuthing is that it is a mindset. So it evokes a relentless curiosity to get to the bottom of something that's gone awry. The classic sleuth observes and asks questions. I mean, think of all your favorite sleuths through history, through movies. They often are quiet for a long time, only offering an opinion once all the evidence is seen or heard. This is such a relevant posture for nonprofits. So like we can sleuth out solutions within our own organizations or within our communities for that matter. We can sleuth out challenges and opportunities Right, using some of these just question asking practices that we just demonstrate, we don't need to land on a conclusion. That quiet observing and listening is so powerful as we move forward our missions. Mm, I love that. And I, when I think of the word sleuth or sleuthing, I think of looking for a trail or a track. It's sort of like trying to find the pattern. Where Where is there a thread going through this story that we can you know, pull on to get to the bottom of it? And I feel like that's what you're talking about, Nancy, in that process of asking questions and, and considering the evidence in front of you. You're looking for what the tracks or trails are in your organization and how you can follow those to really address the root of the issue rather than just what you're seeing on the surface. You have a lot going for you, yet nonprofits are people-centered structures that operate within complex environments. Something will not feel right at some point. When it happens, this is a great time to pause and get curious. Think about your favorite sleuth. So Sherlock Holmes, Hercule Poirot, Jessica Fletcher, Nancy Drew, pretend that you are them, exploring clues to go deeper and deeper into what is going on. Once you get to the bottom of it, you'll know the solution. You got this. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Radio Show today. Tell your friends about the Nonprofit Radio Show and follow us on your favorite podcast app. Visit nonprofitradioshow.com for tips, tools, and free resources for nonprofits. The show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks in partnership with the Nonprofit Learning Center, delivering learning and innovation to help nonprofits thrive. Our production team is Steve Fonslet and Mep Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. We always love to hear from our listeners. We're inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities. Mm-hmm.